Great. Hello, uh, my name is Ofer. I'm CEO of a company called RealVR.ai, uh, producer of Vila, which is an app over uh, XR applications such as VR, mostly currently over Quest is the, the big focus, uh, as well as coming to other uh, places like Pico and uh, PlayStation and Apple when they come around. Uh, so, and then and then the web. Uh, right now, we do have a web presence. Uh, we're increasing it, uh, but really the focus is VR. Uh, I'll give you a quick background about myself. We just went through a roundtable here, uh, uh, learning about the participants, great backgrounds. I'd say most people here are uh, either advanced or uh, very aware of AI, very much interested uh, in this. I should do a um, uh, raise of hands, maybe just real quick. Who doesn't here have uh, some form of VR uh, in the crowd. Any, anybody? Uh, raise your hands and maybe Dominic, can you maybe tell us, because uh, I can't really see the... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anybody, anybody who wants to raise their hands, uh, if they having... want. Okay, so For everybody here having... has, everybody has VR. Um, all Tracy, of the people in the Tracy. crowd... Tracy does, okay. Yeah. So, and and uh, of the roughly, I guess, 15, 20 people that are here, how many people do not have a quest? Yeah, uh, Benita? Okay. Okay. So, and and I, I think that that's pretty much reflective. If you stop to think about it, uh, and you do a back of the napkin calculation, pretty much most families in the U.S. today, most households, families have uh, quests. About ninety percent of the market. Obviously, that's going to change with other entrants. Uh, but uh, at this time in twenty twenty three, beginning twenty twenty three, the sort of um, the, the the dominant uh, hardware is Quest 2, which is an amazing device. We think about it, it's been around for a couple of years. It does pretty much everything it needs to do. Really great bang for the buck. Uh, it's a subsidized uh, product. People forget that. It's a much more expensive product if it wasn't for the fact that Meta were to subsidize it. And I think that everybody here should have a lot of respect for that because that's what gave it a big push to make it so that every household in, I'd say every other household in the US today has it just in terms of numbers, roughly. I, I obviously don't have the numbers they have, but roughly back in the napkin calculation, every other household in the US has it. Uh, it's also very popular worldwide for us. Villa, as I mentioned earlier, we have half a million uh, users. They're active in the last six months, uh, different forms of activity here. I'll get into that as we go through this. Uh, our countries uh, are pretty much, the, the dominant countries here are the US, Canada, the UK is huge into gaming, uh, like outstandingly huge uh, versus the rest of Europe. And Israel is probably the number one in per capita users uh, for our platform. Um, I do happen to be from Israel, but this is this shouldn't have anything to do with it. It's just uh, uh, countries that adopt innovation uh, are, are um, pretty much at, at the top here of, of the consumption. There are some limitations. Other countries, I believe Germany only recently got it. Uh, so they're a little bit trailing behind. It wasn't even being sold, uh, Quest 2. And, um, but, but things are picking up. And I, I guess in terms of the industry, uh, a lot of you might at least be aware of Quest Pro. Quest Pro is a product that uh, is still sort of, I believe a lot of developers are having it. It's My guess is a prequel to the next uh, Quest uh, that will come out that'll be uh, more for, um, for, for everyone. But the use of of eye tracking is pretty amazing so that you can have, you know, uh, vivid uh, interactions. Uh, and we already have that on Villa. We've we've adapted that to Quest Pro. It's 
phenomenal. Uh, the experience is a lot more natural. Uh, it gives you the ability to feel like you're there with an animated avatar instead of a dull face. I do have a video I can probably show that to you uh, through throughout this uh, demonstration. And uh, so, so yeah, so expressions are the other so eye tracking so, so you can see so if somebody's staring at you you can see that they're, they're looking at you or if they're looking to the side you can see that too because their eyeballs will be moving right that's a big deal it's a big jump here in the experience in the interactive experience of uh vr and the other one is is natural facial expressions you know if i smile if i puff my cheeks if i frown i you can see that in in on quest pros it's uh, the price point is just not there it's way too expensive um it doesn't give you i'd say Enough, I think, for the market, uh, we can see it, you know, the, the market is still just learning to sort of adapt to uh, the benefits, the pros and cons. It is targeted for the enterprise market. Uh, as for us, in terms of demographics, we have uh, roughly 85% uh, consumer, 15% enterprise. Enterprise is rising in terms of the usership. I think that uh, there is a little bit of a um, different sort of, um, I guess, trends one was everybody knows because of Corona, there was a very uh, uh, you know fast adoption of of anything digital, right? During those times of 2020, 2021, and then uh, because of the crash, uh, there is also the other uh, you know uh, force, which is to hey, let's reduce. Uh, the, the costs of, of of running meetings, of running companies. You know, why do we even need the physical? building right a lot of companies i think are asking that right now even those companies who are you know trying to say that this is the way forward uh even those companies that i think must be reconsidering just because the hefty costs of of, of running uh, a physical building and and also the the um i guess the complexity in getting for, for the employees you know for the workforce to get there uh to physically be there when half the people in the company oftentimes are commuting from from work uh, from work, from, from uh, look at that, <laughs> that was a slip, from, from home, from Wi-Fi, right, from wherever they would like, and so if people are commuting from Wi-Fi, uh, what's the benefit here? So there is some benefit, some people do prefer to have a physical presence with other people, uh, I don't think, I think most people would say that they would prefer that, it's just that the, 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 the pain that it involves and then you don't have to have it if you can redo it in digital. And so that's that's the prompt that got us actually during Corona to do what we're doing today with uh, Villa. I'll tell you very quickly about Villa, and then we'll finally talk about AI and the intersection of AI with uh, XR. So Villa uh, started uh, through, so I'm going to go back in time. So I come from a communications background in uh, in, in in pretty much WebRTC communications uh, technologies. And... And I've noted, uh, I, I'm one of those people who I'm very much an early adopter in my matrix and what I get attracted to. I'm always sort of thinking 5, 10, 20 years forward. Uh, one of my all-time favorites is a futurist who, uh, uh, you know, in, in terms of influencers uh, or people who have influenced the way I think, uh, his name is David Passig. He's a professor at Bar Ilan University in Israel. I actually met with him just recently when I was there. Uh, he's amazing. He's an amazing person. He's one of the few people that can actually see 20 years forward, not just five years forward. And he's pretty much, I mean, nobody really, uh, but he, he uses uh, empirical uh, and, 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 you know, research to, to arrive at his, at his conclusions. And he, when I read his book in, what is it, 2010, uh, it was called 2048. 
I'm not sure if it was translated to English. I'm from Israel originally. Uh, it was in Hebrew. But uh, he predicted the Russian-Ukrainian war pretty much to the dot in 2010. That's pretty amazing, I think, because uh, I remember at the time, I remember reading it going, why? Why, why there? Why Russia? What's what's going on? And he shows you all the different you know, variations of why it's very likely that there will be a conflict right in that territory. And here we go. And here we are. So um, so this is a kind of futurist. And, and he was very much interested in uh, VR back in, well, 2005, he came up with research that pretty much showed that VR makes you 20% more intelligent in, in a lab. <laughs> He's been able to show that, to demonstrate that. That caught my attention when I was playing around with, when I, when I was tinkering around with the uh, Oculus uh, dev kit, back when Palmer Lucky came out, you know, when they came out with it before the acquisition and everything. So uh, by the time that um, I came around, I, in fact, I was a lot more drawn to PC VR initially. I think there's a, a you know, a, a watershed moment for me was uh, an, a game called Alex, A-L-Y-X. It's, uh, it, it, for me, it was just the first time that something just shook my world in terms of VR uh, for many reasons. And I'll explain them briefly. The first one is uh, the, the character there is, is, uh, is um, a black 19-year-old um, uh, female from, from Russia. I mean, you can't even mix it up even more. And it forces you to be her as a character. And you're like, you're looking at yourself and, you know, you look... I'm male, I'm white, I'm just like, this doesn't compute. But suddenly you learn to really appreciate because she has superpowers. And you suddenly see that, um, you know, it really helps you to just live in other people's, in other people's experiences. And I think that's the power of uh, VR in general. It's one of the many, many superpowers that exist today. Uh, we allow you to have on Villa as many uh, avatars as you'd like. We do use third-party uh, avatars, uh, Ready Player Me, but that's and, and, and there'll be other avatars in the future. But that's regardless. You know, the point here is that you can have as many as you want. You can flip through them uh, live after you prepare them. Uh, it takes only a few seconds to prepare each one. But you can have one for each type. You can have any skin color. You can be purple if you want to. You can uh, be a man, a woman, and anything in between. The the point here is that you you can you can be you know uh, <laughs> furries. I mean, they've got you, you've probably all seen it. Uh, they've got a bunch of different experiences, but it is fun. It is fun to sort of interact with people uh, who are not necessarily exactly how they are in the physical world, right? It's it's a fun experience. I mean, of course, you could also be roughly who you are in the physical world. It'll get better as we get into uh, other technologies uh, like volumetric video, where perhaps it'll be uh, really just us being projected as a hologram. But for now, you know, it's close enough. If you're a little bit older uh, uh, or any age you are, you'll always be sort of like, uh, a Botox self. <laughs> There's a technical explanation for that. Any anything to do with wrinkles is really tough to project those those fine lines in uh, in polygons uh, in 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 compute constrained environments such as Quest. So uh, I don't think anybody has yet complained about it. But that's if you're ever wondering why is everybody looking a little bit childish in there. If you're a little bit older, then that's why, right? Uh, and uh, and and and. You know, again, I don't know. It's 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 interesting. It's a little bit it's a little bit sterile. You know, I, I wish that it was a little bit more real. Uh, and we have the whole spectrum of, of ages. Uh, we have people on our platform that are eighty two years old, right? And we also have people that are very young. So it's really interesting to see the whole gamma uh, of uh, experiences. Uh, with regards to, I'm going to walk you through, give you a very quick um, uh, background also. I'll just continue through time. So we were actually in real estate originally. Uh, it was just not quite there. Uh, in terms of doing doing real estate walkthroughs in VR, 
when Corona hits, uh, we made a pivot. Uh, and uh, the way we are today is a metaverse, we call it terraforming platform. So what does that mean? Terraforming, you, you basically, we give you a planet, you can you get parcels on it and you form it, you shape it in VR to, to be something that excites you. So I heard, I think Gigi mentioned here that she was uh, building worlds. Uh, so for us at this stage, uh, we're uh, really going for uh, the majority of the people who don't know how to code just yet in Unity or Unreal. Uh, and we make it very much simple to build worlds so you can experiment with it. Uh, it's a very interactive uh, experience. You go in there. You start from a fr you know when you subscribe to the platform. You get uh, you start from a fresh uh, uh, and I'll show you visuals in a moment. Uh, you start uh, from a clean slate and you basically build on top. Uh, you can just basically it's all keyword searched. We're about to shift uh, voice dictation, so you'll be able to do that because it's a little bit annoying to type. Uh, so that comes, I believe, today or tomorrow. We're going to push this. Uh, so be, if you're if you're using Villa, be on the lookout. And um, and of course, this thing about AI. Uh, initially with generative AI, uh, the ability to, for those of you, there's quite a few here who love uh, creating art using uh, AI, we're using DALI 2, uh, you'll be able to just do that in VR. It's 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 interesting. I, I, I would love to get feedback afterwards if any of you have used it. Again, it's not out just yet. I'll show you a demo right now. It'll, be, it'll go out probably today or tomorrow. Um, in terms of uh, going back to how we got here today, uh, one of, uh, I guess, another another influencers for me was a series called Westworld. I don't know how many of you have seen it. Unfortunately, HBO took it off uh, air uh, for multiple reasons we won't get into right now. Westworld is a series where, um, I'm not going to give you any spoilers, actually, but the concept here, uh, just a very high-level concept that, that, that as it relates to how it influences Villa, is that there is a uh, scene there where the founders essentially have created a, an entertainment world uh, to allow basically hosts, which are artificial intelligent um, you know, uh, entities, um, they're not human, uh, and, and guests who are human to interact with each other. Uh, that's kind of where we're going here. And that's exactly sort of the topic here today of this conversation. Uh, we are essentially living Westworld already today in 2023. Of course, that series projects into the future, uh, but we're, we're living it today. That's kind of how the product is designed along those concepts, right? You as a founder, right? You get to build your own world, like uh, what Gigi said she she's doing and several other people here mentioned that they were doing, uh, which is a lot of fun, right? So it's a very satisfying uh, creative process. We create a world, then you can have guests come in and um, and we're working on, on the hosts, <laughs> the AI hosts, uh, and we're very public about it. So um, so, so that's uh, behind the scenes. It'll probably ship sometime soon, uh, but that ability to also interact in there with AI, uh, AI uh, uh, beings. So uh, then in this, in today, what I'd love to do is as soon as I'm done with the intro, as soon as I'm done showing you a few uh, uh, screen shares here, and we'll pause because it's going to be video and I'll just pause it to show you some clips, basically. Uh, as soon as we're done with that, I'd love to open this conversation to questions uh, and, and make it a little bit more interactive. Uh, maybe we should just start with that right now. Uh, basically, I'm going to show you, start with the AI that we just launched here. So hopefully you can see my screen. Uh, this is on our YouTube if you're interested, uh, but it'll be in VR, which is really interesting, uh, in, in just a little bit. So, oh, sorry, let me, let me stop the share. I think I need to do it with audio. I forgot to do that. So, share sound. Here we go. 
So what you'll see is the UI, is, everybody knows about this UI. It's just, it's, pay attention to uh, the funness of this in VR. I don't know if this is going to be the killer app at all, but I think it's a lot of fun. And I think it's the beginning of other interesting things to come. So here we go. Westworld season one, people sitting in a stadium in a sunset, looking at a rainbow with butterflies flying in the background in futuristic London. There you go. So we've we've all seen this before. Uh, and uh, But let me also show you our trailer real quick if you haven't seen it. I'll pause on a few things here. So, so, so for us, we're a place where you get to meet other people. Uh, you get to work. We do have people doing stand-ups and happy hours. That's kind of where things are at today in VR. Uh, we're about to launch uh, a capability that allows you, today we'll let you have up to 100 people per villa. Villa, think of it as kind of like in, in the world of Teams or Slack. Uh, it's kind of like a channel, right? Where people sort of interact. It's a, if you have an org, when you, when you create an account on Villa, you get an organization. And that organization could be for, you know, gaming. It could be for, in other words, social, gaming. Uh, but it could also be for work. You can call it whatever you'd like. It doesn't have to be a company. If you have a company, uh, you know, Dominic, for example, could open one for her for her XR uh, you know, meetup if she wanted. And then she can also invite all, of, you know, anybody that has a Villa account by email, she can invite those people in and she can exhibit in there uh, as an example, right? And she can have different exhibits. You can have up to 10 channels. A channel, again, for us is called a Villa. A Villa is an entire world. It's five miles. We're very much, we're very expansive. <laughs> we like our, you know, area. <laughs> we don't like to limit you. So we give you a huge expanse, five miles uh, you know, in, in diameter, to be exact. And in there, you can build whatever you'd like. You can fly in all directions. So today, inside each expanse like that, you can have up to 100 people, but we're about to push uh, a capability that uh, makes this go up to thousands of people simultaneously. Okay, we, we, We've just finished um, doing this. We're about to launch it. I don't think that anybody's yet done it before, but it, it's, again, I, I don't get too excited by these things because these this whole world is evolving so quickly right now that it, and none of this is like a, um, uh, I'm not thinking of it as first user advantage or first player advantage whatsoever. I think everybody's going to, you know, have some forms of this. Uh, what differentiates us uh, is, and, and I'll get into the subtleties here momentarily, you'll, you'll be able to see it in this presentation. Uh, but uh, the way, first of all, we're, we're built around Unreal, not Unity. Uh, things have done much differently in Unreal uh, than in Unity, uh, even though the, the systems high level are very similar. Uh, but um, so keep that in mind. And we will open this up so other people can, you know, build their own games in Unreal and then ship it into this thing. Uh, so if you're doing that, if you're interested, please tap us. Uh, it'll go up very soon just to keep up with the Joneses. In fact, uh, there's in Unity, I think some, some lots of players right now are already doing it. Uh, it's a, for us, you know, we're a little bit behind on that part, uh, but we're getting there fast. Uh, other things we do differently and I'll get into that right now. So, so again, meet, work and play. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it doesn't matter. So let me just, uh, I, I'm doing, I, when I watch YouTube, I'm usually on 2X. So it's going a little fast. So this was shot a few months ago when we had half body avatars. We do have full body avatars today. Um, you'll see those in a second. So this is this is called Galactica. It's our in-app game. Uh, you buy land, uh, nix the NFTs. We don't let you buy it for NFTs. But if you have an NFT, you can, we have a MetaMask uh, connection. You sort of during this crypto winter, uh, we're, we're not this is not our focal point at all, but it is available for those who would like to. Uh, so you can buy 
land with dollars essentially right and this is in this case uh in galactica we call them parcels unlike villas uh they act in the same way they're slightly smaller they're one mile in diameter but still very very large and the beauty here is that you can buy this it's very affordable they're going currently they're going for 20 bucks you buy a piece of land it's yours for life uh and you can also sell it in app and earn coins you can take those coins and re redeem them for other experiences so it's kind of like essentially you can make money here uh but today it's in the form of coins we do want in the future to allow to convert this back to dollars when uh the different platforms enable that currently it's not uh, enabled by meta so um th this is an example of how i go in there and i search by keyword for tesla and i can just spawn it i can spawn anything basically by keyword we uh get into different libraries uh, like Sketchfab, and you can pretty much have most of these things for free. Uh, other things, if you have a Sketch, Sketchfab account, which I highly recommend, then you can actually, uh, you know, bookmark and keep, you know, different series of things, and you can you can do that through this this API. Uh, everything you see here on Villa is user generated. So this is an example of what you can do. You can do these kinds of worlds. Hard to see, but there's a trail here. We actually on Villa uh, give you different trails uh, to 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 play with. You can buy them. Uh, it's kind of like a signature because everything is done flying mostly on Villa. Uh, you can walk, but it's just less exciting. So because of our big expanse, you know, we needed something that takes you around in a faster way. So you fly everywhere. Most people love it. So you'll see that there's a character here. He's flying. Uh, and there it is. It's uh, Bernard from Westworld, right? It's one of the founders there. Uh, so again, on Villa, you can fly. You have unlimited full-body avatars. Our demographic, uh, don't don't let this fool you. The demographics here are uh, adults, uh, adults, professionals. In, in other words, not not kids. That's the target. Of course, there's kids using this. We can't control uh, a lot of these things. Uh, there is another area for kids or people under the age of eighteen who would like to use this. Uh, but our target here is for professionals. It's gamers uh, and professionals using this again. Don't let the avatar young look fool you. Some of these people might be in their 50s and 60s and so on. Uh, we do have 3D maps. Uh, these are essentially the telltale of a digital twin. A digital twin is a living uh, you know, profile, in di a digital profile of a physical place. In this case, these are maps. They, they are streaming. They're made from billions of photos uh, stitched together in photogrammetry. Uh, it's photos plus LIDAR. Uh, coming from drones and airplanes and so on. So uh, we have six cities right now. Uh, the list is growing. This is Denver, if uh, anybody recognizes. Uh, you can take your entire team and go places. Uh, again, you have to, uh, if you're technical, you'd have a lot of respect for this because it's really, really tough. We're talking about, uh, you know, terabytes of information here. And how do you condense that into a uh, compute-constrained device? Like, of course, it's a very tough uh, thing to do. So we're solving for that. Uh, we're optimizing to make this work. Uh, this is Jerusalem. It's a fantastic uh, model. If you're into history, there's a lot to see here. Uh, this is the Temple Mount where the original temple was built. That's what you're seeing here. Uh, today, there's a mosque uh, right here uh, called the Dome of the Rock. It was built about a thousand years ago. But this, this thing right below you is the temple that David built. Uh, it's from 3,000 years ago. It's pretty uh, outstanding. If you're a history buff, you're going to love this. Uh, this right here is the West Wall, which is just the Western, you know, wall of the entire temple. <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of archaeology going here. I just came from there. We're doing a bunch of scans in Jerusalem. It's amazing. Uh, the, the technology that you have today, the, the uh, archaeology that's going on there, underground, above ground, we're bringing it all into Villa over the next few months. 
Uh, it's a very tough technical process to go through, but that's what we're working on and we're hoping to bring other cities around the world as well. Uh, this is available today. You do, you do need to buy it because these models cost uh, a lot of money to create. So uh, the fee, I think it's going for, I believe, don't quote me, but I believe that right now it's going for something like $30 for three months. Uh, and if you experience this inside Villa, uh, again, send us feedback. Uh, we think it's really, really exciting. Again, you can go 20 miles by 20 miles. You can go anywhere you'd like in the place. This is a one-on-one -on -one, uh, uh, model that goes down to three centimeter resolution. It's a, If you stop to think about it, it's just insane <laughs> it's really it's really great I, I didn't think it would be this good in 2023 honestly that 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 you'd be able to do so much already in 2023 now if you're not technical you go in there and you'll go hey why does it look like a bomb went off here and all that but again if you're technical you'll understand that as it is right now uh the the, the, the sort of challenges from a technical perspective that you have to uh, break through are out of this planet there's literally a few terabytes of information that we have to bring together uh down to three centimeters of resolution still not cause this app to crash right apps crash on quest because they're running on x2 uh, a qualcomm it can't really process as much gpu and cpu as you you would need but honestly the the, the biggest bottleneck here is just wi-fi it's not even it's not even the polygons even though you have to work a lot with the polygons but it's the it's actually the 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 biggest bottleneck right now is is the Wi-Fi getting anything everything in fast enough. Uh, we do have real estate walkthroughs uh, through our integration. Um, uh, you know, so if you're if you're into that, if you have a home on Zillow, tap us. Uh, we'll show you how to do this. It's very easy to bring up a 360 uh, home for real estate. This here is in Telluride in Colorado. Um, this is what we call performances. Uh, you'll notice that there's three different types here of performers. I'll let it run in a second, but this here is this guy, this insect, and this boxer. They're CGI. They're made, you know, from you know somebody creating uh, animated 3D model, right? But this one here is actually volumetric video. So I'll let it play for a little bit. We've got this coming. Uh, this is our integration for music. So if you want to, we have over 35,000 soundtracks uh, on Villa that you can, uh, you know, it, it requires a separate subscription for, uh, to Epidemic Sound, but, you know, we have that. It's available. Use it up. We have quite a few free sounds. Again, the way this works, 3D sound, it's a whole new, when we created it, we, we thought this was, uh, you know, straightforward. Today, we're thinking about it and we're like, wow, you know, this is quite, um, Outstanding in the, in the perspective that there's a concept here where you, you you click, you create a speaker, the speaker emits sound. I'll show you what that looks like in a second here, uh, right here. So I can control the volume, the sound radius, uh, the linear fade out. Again, you don't need to know how to code in Unity or Unreal to do this. You just need to have creativity and you just need to want to build uh, the different worlds. And then you can drop music in there and you can, and all your visitors will be able to hear it. Uh, according to the parameters you would like. And I think we're almost done here. I'll just show you this. Is, this, again, was shot a few months ago. The tight guys back then was, of course, NFTs. But today, swap it with what we're about to get into, which is AI. Uh, so you can just uh, create art and you can exhibit it. Uh, so uh, it's interesting because it's pretty much the, the AI art right now is taking over this. Uh, so there is, I don't need to show you. I'll just stop right here. Uh, and going back to the AI art that we, we saw here, so check out our YouTube. There's quite a few other uh, things to see, uh, but I'll stop the share here and I'll just say a couple of words. So uh, first of all, for, for uh, ChatGPT 
it was mentioned earlier when we were going through the, um, you know, going one by one with the intros, everybody, and Dominic presented it very well. Uh, ChatGPT is, uh, is the hot thing right now. AI in general is finally, I think, getting to the point where we, we as, a, as, a, as a humanity are really starting to see the, the many benefits that can come from it. In this conversation today, I would like to not spend time, although you're anybody who wants to bring it up, you're welcome to. Uh, it's just not um, something that I think we can cram into the meeting today uh, regarding all the negative aspects of AI. I think what drew people here, I believe, uh, is the positive elements of AI. I'll just give you my concept about it. Uh, I'm, I don't think of it at all in any way, shape or form as something that replaces humans, not even close. Uh, I come from an open market uh, philosophy. I, I view these things as merely tools in the hands of humans to use, to leverage, uh, even years and years from now, right? And so uh, the people here in the crowd, a lot of us are already using this in some form, either personally or in 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 uh, at work. Uh, but the point here is that AI is a layer. It's a layer that basically puts everything on steroids, right? It just speeds things up in the creation process. And it helps us if we're an artist, now we can create things much more fast. We can still adapt things, but we can have a base. If we're a writer, we can. You know, we all saw what ChatGPT can do. I've been using that kind of stuff for for at least a year. We even have a blog, an AI blog. It's been up on our site for more than a year, right? Where we just let the AI uh, type itself. Right now, uh, it's become a free product through ChatGPT, and it's interesting. Uh, but it, does that mean people can't discern when something is? written by AI? Of course not. People immediately can see that something is written by AI. Is that even interesting? It's more AI for AI right now, uh, right? For uh, SEO and other things, other reasons. Uh, that, but you have to take the base, whether it's art, whether it's, uh, and, and by the way, art on uh, uh, Dali 2. I'm sorry, a lot of this comes with eyeballs sticking out and things that are just not looking great, right? You have to smooth it up if you're an artist, unless you want something completely ira uh, irrational, <laughs> then you do need to take it as a base and you take it with a uh, grain of salt. But the potential, I think, here is what everybody's looking at right now. And uh, that's uh, that's where that's what we're gravitated here, is how can we make our experience as humans, of course, a lot more enriching. And I think there's a lot of beauty in this because uh, things that were, uh, you know, it, it suddenly just makes everything that previously we used to do almost like the fax machine, right? If you think about it, uh, writing, for example, you can just let this thing write and then you can adapt it to what you need, right? And that's where, again, humans are needed. Now your output is gonna be a lot bigger as, as a human because now you can have, you have a tool, you know, that's on steroids here, that's going and, you know, type something up in a minute. Uh, then, then there's the whole interaction, right? A lot of people come in in VR and they might be lonely, but again, I, you can't talk about this topic without also looking at the negative, right? How many of us have Siri in their pockets or Google uh, Voice, right? Uh, probably everybody. And how much of it do you actually use of the thousands of commands? Very few, right? So again, take it with a uh, grain of salt. Uh, these things are uh, still in their buds, but I think they're, again, want to focus this back to the potential that this presents. Uh, for us, uh, there's quite a few things that are up and coming here. The interaction with AI inside VR, I don't know, it hasn't really been, uh, uh, you know, it hasn't arrived yet at market fit just yet, right? It's going to take months for that to happen, uh, even when we launch this thing. And you have to come in humbly, realizing that what you think is going to happen is not necessarily what actually is going to unravel. It might be a big, you know, 
boot and people will go, this is bullshit. Already today, everybody's going, you're AI. When I go in there, I talk to people. A lot of our users are like, hey, are you AI? Like they're already thinking that I'm AI. <laughs> you know, it's me. It's just me. That's what they think. That's what people think. There's a lot of, uh, again, just very, very high level. Uh, in VR, it's also very easy to pretend like you're somebody else, right? And that can also bring negative uh, or bad players into the mix. So, so knowing uh, as a company how to weed those out or giving the tools to block those people is essential. Uh, so, uh, so, so because in the end, in public places, remember Villa, first and foremost, is a private place. You have your own private org, but we do allow you to publicize. And very soon, uh, we're adding this thing called a broadcast. So you'll be able to basically be just like what we're doing right now in Zoom, right? One to many or many to many. You'll be able to do that very soon over Villa. Uh, like I said, to thousands of users. Uh, but but again, how does AI? This is where I want to open this up, if you don't mind, uh, to questions, and then we'll wrap this things up. But I'd love to... Uh, and it's not just questions. It's also ideas. Uh, it's also, uh, you know, philosophy, whatever you'd like to discuss. I want to open this and make this sort of like equalize the opportunity for everyone here uh, to bring their footprint, uh, their their fingerprint into, into the mixer. Uh, feel free to raise your hands and I will um, call your name according to the order. If you have any questions you want to ask over. And uh, I would say, yeah, I mean, we, we all know that sci-fi uh, films has a lot of, you know, negativity. I would say we can probably do a little bit both because it's not perfectly good. It's yeah. always there's something like nothing is perfectly good. Yeah. And since human is not perfect and AI is just a tool, uh, a perfect animal using uh, a tool might end up with either good or bad. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm open to question. Uh, first one is Gene. Yes, I was just wondering how you, as a user, how do you generate a new environment within your system? Right. Okay. So today we're not quite there yet with AI to generate worlds, although that's sort of like where we're definitely headed. Uh, so today's just keyword search. We let you right from in, in VR, you can go into Sketchfab, you can search from hundreds of thousands of mostly free uh, objects. Uh, and you can also buy objects in uh, on the internet. You can go to TurboSquid. You can buy any object you'd like. You can go anywhere. If it's a lot, besides those two platforms, there's like endless platforms these days. Uh, most of them are user generated. Uh, a lot of them are free. I want to emphasize, it's amazing how much user generated stuff, there's a lot of junk there as well. You have to like weed it out. You have to, we, we give you the amount of polygons and the size, we don't limit you, but we tell you very, very clearly, hey, if you go and spawn something gigantic over Quest, you will crash. And we do everything we can to prevent you from doing that. But if you wanted to experiment, you could do that. You could experiment with going to the sort of limit. Uh, and it's up to you. You know, some people, we've seen people post a, a work of art that they might've created. Uh, you can create your own, of course. Uh, if uh, several people uh, noted here that they they're, uh, they know Unity or Unreal, don't even need to know those. You can do just Maya or, or Blender or 3ds Max. You can create these things anywhere you'd like. And we accept any file format. So uh, GLT, well, most file formats. So whether it's a GLTB or GLTF, uh, animated or not animated, uh, whether it's an FBX or OBJ, uh, whether it's a JPEG or PNG, zipped or unzipped, you can just literally 
take it and drag and drop it into your world if you don't find it inside VR. Because, we, again, we give you access from inside the world, so you don't have to go outside. But if you would like to bring your own stuff, you can do that. Uh, let me show you what that looks like real quick, and I'll also show you what the, especially because it sounded like you specifically are very interested in the uh, AI art portion of it. So let me show you just uh, real briefly here. It's still uh, behind the scenes because we're about to push this to production. But I'll show you what it looks like uh, uh, as, as it stands today. So... <clears throat> Let's see, which one do I have here? Uh, just give me one quick moment to bring this up. So yeah, so you can bring any file format uh, in. D does that answer your question or do you wanna uh, fine tune the question? Maybe I misunderstood. No, I, I, I guess one thing I'm curious about is yeah. do you operate with Niantic in any way? No, Nantic is a lot more into their AR, right, currently. Yeah. So uh, we're not yet doing anything with Nantic, but um, we could. I mean, again, AR, VR, there's the, well, depending, AR for mobile phones is not something we're doing right now. But mm -hmm. as long as it's something used, you know, with, with devices, uh, th then, then we are. Uh -huh. uh, what, what, did you, what did you have in mind, though, for Nantic? Well, it just seems like you're... you're creating these environments in great detail. And that's one of the things that they're sort of doing as well. Yeah, I think they're a lot more focused though on going and into the park and pulling yeah. out your mobile yeah. phone, right? And it's it's sort of a, it's, it's another niche that I think it's oftentimes very confusing because technically it is an augmented uh, reality, but right. it's much different than when you're in six degrees freedom inside something. Yeah. That's what we're focusing on. Uh, yeah. Right. So, so let me just share with you real quick what it looks like on Vila. So once you have, um, once you have it, uh, my, my org here, uh, you know, this is an example of an organization. It's just made up. This is all backend stuff, right? So uh, you can actually, once you've spawned the DALI 2 in your world, you can click on 2D and 3D, and you can click here on and, and see those, see those, uh, oh, and it just, you can take that PNG, and you can actually um, see, that's what it looks like. <laughs> that's what I said was ridiculous. <laughs> you see, this is Westworld. <laughs> it's like a far cry from Westworld. Uh, so, and, and look, look at the eyeballs. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous. So that's where we are today with AI. Look at the horse in the back. You know, it's like, it's ridiculous. But um, you can take this, you can you can create different uh, pieces of art and you can uh, bring them up. So that's what that are looks like. Are you sharing a different screen than what we're seeing? No, oh, maybe it uh, yes, you can see it. Yeah. So anyway, what I was trying to show you is that over here, when you open up an account on Villa, uh, you will have your own library, and you can throw things in there. You can just drop files in here, okay. literally drag and drop and file and throw it. And then once you have villas in VR, once you've built something, you can actually view them right here. You can click uh, view 2D or 3D assets in this villa. You see all your different assets. Uh, these are in this case PNGs. So whatever you create inside Villa. It's interoperable. You can take it elsewhere, right? You can take it and post it to your PowerPoint presentation if that's what you'd like. So just so you know. Um, so yeah, so let me just uh, stop the share. And uh, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry that I did have a PNG, but apparently the screen share did not grab it. I don't know why. It brought it up in a different application than the screen that you were sharing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, it was in the same screen, so I'm not sure why. Uh, did, did anybody here see the Westworld picture? Or you, nobody saw it. Nobody saw it. Okay. Let me try to bring it up one more time. Uh, 
we'll bring it to if it was in, in an image viewer or something like that, then you probably have to, you know, stop the screen share and then restart it with the image viewer. Possibly, yeah. Uh, let me just do that. If, if you want, uh, Dominic, if you want to just go through, or, or unless you have another question, if you want to go through some other questions in the meantime, and I will bring up this image so you can see what it looks like. Okay, so next one will be Gigi. Um, I'm the business model junkie, so um, I'm I'm getting to this and looking at Jasper and what's happened to Jasper and the fact that they thought they had a nice AI driven model for text, and then here comes Chat GPT that clocks them upside the head instead, and now you know their 1.3 billion dollar valuation probably isn't. Right. You know, if if you can put in and other people can put in AI into their VR tools. What becomes your competitive long-term advantage? To me, this seems like a um, everyone sort of re-ups the game, tries to make a sexy, cool space. And I think yours looks sexy and cool and is connected yeah. with Ready Player Me and, and is in the right spaces. But then you look at the fact that, you know, um, what seems to be the winning strategy for folks and still scrambling is to get, you know, whether it's VR chat with a large number of people returning and in fact sleeping in the space, you know, what gets to be if everyone can add AI to their thing, mm -hmm. what then is your long-term competitive advantage right. and who do you expect to come in and be the core parts of your long-term community? Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. So first of all, uh, today the tension is is running around ChatGPT. We all know that ChatGPT is not the only player in this field. We all know that they're in the end a startup. They're also very much in bed with Microsoft uh, as it as it uh, is um, unraveling. And so there's going to be other big entrants. There are already lots of entrants. Uh, in fact, Jasper that you mentioned was, as I, th I think you mentioned it yourself, was based on GPT-3, which is made by the same company of OpenAI. So it's not their uh, core, uh, uh, well, they, they, have, they play over that, right? They, they, they create stuff as layers above that. And I think that's where their benefit is. So from, I, I can't speak for Jasper, but I know it's a big, it's a big issue for them right now, because in the end, the output is very similar in ChatGPT to what they have. Uh, not surprisingly, it's their product. It's the, it's the OpenAI product. Uh, in fact, ChatGPT is probably even smarter because it's the next evolution of the whole back and forth uh, interaction. It's a real chat. It's not just a create this, create this, right? In, in Jasper, it's more GPT-3, which is there's an input and there's an output, but there isn't a back and forth that takes into account the previous necessary sound, but not as much as ChatGPT. So a lot of people don't realize that, I think, of, of how much more potent, uh, in a way, that is. Look, when it comes to, uh, uh, you know, business models, since you are the business junkie, as you mentioned, uh, in the end, a lot of these things, like what we're doing right now, for example, right, with uh, the ability to create using dictation art, right? Now, it, it wasn't quite, it was a little hype, right, in the market, kind of like how NFTs perhaps, maybe even more um, fleeting than that. Uh, I think there's a lot more potential, personally, I think this, this is a completely different ballgame than NFTs, but from an art perspective, I'm just saying, it was a little bit of a, of a, of a, of a fad that people are like, oh, this is cool, but now what, right? And I think those are the business questions that need to be answered, right? And what library behind the scenes you're using and whether it's an open source library or it's a nonprofit like OpenAI or whether it's a um, you know, company, this or that, or it's Google or it's, or it's this, it really is, of course, those large corpuses of, of information. That's the, the access those large companies have. That's why they need a lot of money. So for a small player to try to compete with that is gonna be very uh, tough. But, but the, the, the big question is, 
uh, is this a winner takes it all kind of game? And the answer is no. It's going to be more of the market fit in the end. You don't produce uh, something unless people want it in the end. And I think that's what the industry is right now asking. There's a lot to be done here, right? A browser is an enabling technology. Only the people that created a browser get to uh, get to benefit from that? No, back in the day of Netscape, it was like that. It was worth $10 billion when it was acquired. But look at all the many companies built on top of that. And that's what I think the answer for you is, is what do you want to do with the, the underlying technologies? And uh, for us also, by the way, uh, 3D AI, create worlds in 3D is a really, really, really difficult uh, problem to solve. And so there's a lot of a lot of room here for, for building uh, proprietary stuff. Uh, even that proprietary stuff is probably going to be relying on existing pieces of the puzzle. Nobody does Blender as good as Blender does. Are we going to create Blender from scratch? Hell no. <laughs> uh, nobody does uh, 3ds Max. Nobody does Unreal, uh, you know, uh, as good as they do, right? And so on. So you have to actually create a workflow here that that answers whatever it is that you need to do and i think that there's a lot of opportunity here so that's how i see it uh let me just uh if we can line up the next question or if you have a follow-on question feel free to by the way uh this is the beauty of having a small team here and you're right uh <laughs> it did uh grab earlier just one piece of it so you see this right um this is uh, an example it was the picture i showed you earlier uh but it's one of them. Let me see if I can bring this into it. No, I can't. Uh, let me see if I can bring another one. One sec. The one I showed you earlier is this right here. Dominic, can you line up the next question? So this is the this is the Westworld picture that I was showing earlier, laughingly, because in the end, I mean, you see how much more work this has to go. This isn't something you can post, <laughs> uh, right? Uh, this is Westworld. So I can, if, if those of you who sell Westworld, it doesn't even come close. Uh, so anyway, um, yeah. yeah, that's why I kept saying take everything with a grain of salt uh, because we're just not there yet. It's just literally a tool to get better. So what yeah. other questions do we have here? Um, uh, anybody has any questions? Uh, I have some questions. Maybe uh, anybody want to go ahead? Yeah, feel free to raise your hand. Gigi, um, Gigi, I'll put my real hand up versus my digital hand. <laughs> so of the of the was it, half a million people who are registered on your site, what are the use cases then? So are they um, coming in to run multiple events? Do you have artists? Do you have major yeah. corporations? Who's come in to, to play in the space so far? And how sticky have they been? What's been the return rate? So these are not registered, but these are people that came in to the experience in VR. We're VR first company. So uh, we do have web presence and it's far smaller than the VR experience. Uh, there's companies that are doing the exact reverse out there uh, that are focusing almost solely on web um, because of the bigger reach that, that web has. Uh, we're more for the experience right now. We're not really, uh, we're looking for the quality of the experience that you can get in XR. That's kind of like the the driving sort of like um, underlying um, you know philosophy, and uh, so it's all the different groups that you just mentioned. In terms of who's the bigger driver right now, by far gamers, uh, folks that are into the thrill of the experience. We do have enterprises using this. We've had an enterprise as big as a thousand people uh, use it, and uh, again, 
where I feel, you know, in this, I work in this, in, the, in this, in this world. And I think sometimes people uh, try to put the cart uh, in front of the horse in this case, thinking, oh, let's just cram every single thing that we're doing in the 2D world, you know, into VR. Well, that does, just doesn't work. It's just not there. There's so many things that are much better done over Zoom than they are over VR. So my, my message here is don't try to cram everything. And from an expectation, lower expectations and just think together, hey, what are some of the best experiences currently in 2023 in VR? And I think the number one is thrill, immersive thrill. You put people on their toes. That's what you want right now as a business. Um, you know, you want to give people that immediate thrill. Nothing comes even close to that. Keep in mind that a percentage of the people are going to have nausea. And for that reason, we're also opening it up right now for, you know, for web, for video conferencing. So that other people who can't experience it um, in VR just because they don't want to, they're driving, they're doing something, uh, they, they're flying. I don't know. They, they want to come through different modes. We're, we're going to enable that increasingly over the next few months. Uh, that's in the mid-range, two, three months. Uh, you're going to you're going to see more and more uh, experiences that allow you to come in through non VR experiences and still join the core, which is in VR. Uh, but yeah, uh, stand ups, happy hour. You know, just 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 focus on those experiences right now. If you're in 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 the XR business, think what is something that's very much memorable. We did a huge event, not huge in terms of numbers, but huge in terms of its uh, uh, symbolic uh, importance for a very large company that did a director's meeting that was a few months ago. Uh, and they came in and they had execs from all different uh, parts of the world, uh, from the US, from Europe, from Latin America, from Asia, from all over. And they came in and that we were all there and having an experience. And it was just, it was a conversation that in their case, they did zoom and then everyone went into villa and then they came and they finished it It was a three-hour event they finished it over uh zoom so it, it was great why and why was that great i'm just kind of like giving the message here and I'll, in a second i'll get to the numbers you asked for i, I promise but what i'm trying to say I'm, I'm trying to say what interests us right now is not the numbers it's the quality of the experiences that's what's important right now we can't be like voracious for money 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 time 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 it's more about quality you know, uh, Beat Saber is a great example. How many people do we know that love Beat Saber, but they use it for exactly two weeks and it never comes back? They're done. They've listened to all the songs. That's that's one of the problems here when you have a company-generated experience versus a user-generated experience. You have user-generated experience. You have lots of different flavors and diversity of thought, of experiences, of art, of thrill. When you have a company-driven, you can never keep up with the demand because there's just a lot of demand for different things. And once you've consumed it, especially in VR, you pretty much don't want to go back, right? Alex is an example. I played it for eight hours. I'm not joking. I played nonstop from start to finish. It was only in the span of maybe a couple of weeks. I put 40 hours per week. That's how involved I was with it. But I never came back. And that's the danger of games, right? Because once you've done all the mods or all the experiences in there, you're done. And uh, but but in experiences like what we're offering here, these are these are all fresh new things that come up, and it's up to the people, of course. And I'm getting to the to the answer that you, you you asked for. What is the return? So we do have a core sort of like hardcore users that come in monthly, and they'll they'll usually go in there four times 
a month for you know a period of maybe 30 minutes each right and that's a you know sub 10% of the users but it's interesting it's it's a, a, it's it's an experience that we have and we do have a lot of people that just use very much upfront they have a few experiences just like i mentioned with alex those are the people who don't want to build by the way those are the people who want to consume you know we came in thinking oh everybody wants to build Bzzz, absolutely wrong most people just want to passively consume that's how our brains are primed right now with social media in this time. It's a very unfortunate thing. I, th I personally think that's the biggest miss out for most consumers because the best part here is what you create. It's it's that's you know, it's it's a very satisfying experience that you're a creative person. You're creating things. It takes a lot of brain power. Uh, it's easy to do, but it's hard to make it good to make it look good, and then it's very satisfying. And that's why we allow you to create worlds and then and also to exhibit them. And you can do that very easily. In a matter of two hours, you can have the most exquisite world uh, out there. But you do have to put some thought into it. You need, to be, you, need to, you need to be somewhat technical. Not very much, but you have to be somewhat technical. For example, you know, in our world, you can't go million polygons. I mean, we give you all the instructions there. Most people don't read. But we give you the instructions. We have tutorials. We show you. You want to keep those down as low as possible. Low polygons. Everything in... 3D is made of polygons, right? In the end, those polygons are little tiny pyramids and they sit in there and they have a 3D shape. They're microscopic oftentimes, but uh, you don't want to have, if you can if you can find the same model for 100,000 polygons, you can find another model for 5,000 polygons, by all means, choose the 5,000 polygons because in our worlds, we're playing with polygons. Our avatars from Ready Player Me, they have 15,000 polygons each. It's insane, the amount of polygons. You start adding those up and the compute on these Flimsy devices for 2023, these are flimsy. These are 2020, end of 2020 devices. And the, 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 the chips and the capacity for them is not that, you know, compared to PCBR, it's nothing. It's compared, you go compared to NVIDIA uh, and to a processor that you'll have on a PC and you won't even come close, right? But the ease of use of these devices is amazing. So all of us have to kind of like, from a business perspective, we have to think. How do I build a world where I carefully choose from hundreds of thousands of options, where I carefully choose the best looking, remember the insect that I showed earlier, that insect had a thousand polygons. It's crazy. It's got, it's got beautiful texture. You would think that it's got a million polygons, but in fact, it has only a thousand. So the trick here is both from a creative perspective, but both from choosing, you need to choose things that are low on polygons and more importantly, low on texture. You will see the megabytes. We're very, these devices are extremely allergic to high megabyte content by the way our websites are as well everybody is because that's what i said earlier that's also the the wi-fi everybody has to like now now if something is five megabytes it has to be installed downloaded and installed into your client into your device so you want to keep um a very close tab and not go nuts on the sizes you want to always always look for models that are small but if you're careful about that you will create this beautiful world that then you can have thousands of people come and visit and see. Now, how do you bring those people? Some of it is just like Dominic, how did you all come here? You know, you have to do some uh, some work. Nobody can do that for you, but there is a, here there is a first mover advantage. Anybody on this call today is an innovator by default. All of us here are drawn to, this, to these worlds, whether they're AI or XR or the intersection of the two. Um, so it's our job to get the word out and to bring people in and to make it fun for people. Uh, and you do that by paying attention to just the, the limitations and being mindful of it. If something crashes, uh, by the way, on Villa, if something ever crashes, if you, if you spawn something and the system didn't like it because it was animated in, a, in the wrong way uh, or because it was too big or too many polygons, wait five minutes, 
to go into the same drill, go to a different villa in the meantime. Uh, and it, we, we eliminate it in the back end. So that's how we do it. Um, also pay attention if you're in this for, for business, uh, pay attention to the next build that we're about to push because it's going to give you something that is very powerful. It's called broadcasting. You'll be able to uh, put yourself at a panel on a stage and broadcast it to many, 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 many villas. That's coming in this. So, you know, as many as you need, if you have an event with a thousand people, you can set it up here right now. And you can have in VR a thousand people seeing it, each one um, from their own villa. Cool. Uh, next, next person will be Mark. Hi. Uh, thank you very much for the outline. Um, it's uh, yeah, really amazing what you're you're sharing with us. My question is this: um, We're curating events and building communities around. Uh, this particular space, uh, you know, generative uh, AI, and also paying attention to uh, GPT-3 and seeing how to sort of link those elements together. Uh, now, I, I missed, I, Mark, Mark, did you say Hollywood, did you ask? So no. Can you refine the question one more time? Yeah, yeah. Um, we're, we're working with artists. Uh, we, we, we run a not-for-profit. We're not a commercial organization, but our remit is very much around making the technology and the knowledge available, particularly among diverse uh, communities and artists who are uh, creators and storytellers. Yeah. So I, I just wondered from a purely practical point of view, what advice would you give for an organization like ours who have access to um, programmers, coders? Yeah, um, okay, gotcha, gotcha. So so yeah. and, and I think it's a great question because a lot of people here are probably wondering um, when can they actually build games and integrate them into our platform? And we're very much interested in this. There is a bottleneck here of creation of uh, amazing experiences. Uh, those include games. Uh, we're not quite there yet as a company ourselves uh, with the amount of stuff that we're still putting in from a platform perspective. And so we uh, are seeking to make this very much an open platform. We're working behind the scenes right now to make this available so that if you have a mod, uh, you can come in and create it with ease. You will you you will need to build it in Unreal if you wanted to bring it to us. Just uh, as I mentioned earlier, that's what we build in. But other than that, uh, you'll be able to do that. And by the way, if you're working with uh, with uh, the movie industry, those that entire industry is almost entirely built on Unreal as well when it comes to CGI. So, um, <clears throat> in terms of artists, in terms of developers, please reach out if you have something immediate. Whether it's a you know first shooters game or some other experience uh, that you want to put, uh, and it's a game, there's interaction. Uh, th then what we can do is we can allow you to have all those great multiplayer experiences inside your game, and so people get to play your game. And the message here is whether you're for profit or in your case non profit, uh, if you're if, if if the profit goes to the to the artists, for example, you can set it up that way. And we're we we work with with different organizations to make sure that they can um, a benefit from the distribution and marketing that we can enable on our platform. Hey, folks, you know 
you know, Gigi or Mark are having an experience, come join on, you know, Friday at 2 p.m. We can do that for you. We're happy to. If it's something that involves a large amount of uh, people that might be interested in this, you can open your event currently uh, on Vuelan and you can you can do that. We, we, we enable you right now. You don't need to build any, I mean, other than the creative part of choosing how your worlds will look, you can do that today. It's meant for you. Uh, or, uh, by the way, if Gigi's uh, doing, for example, a personal, uh, sorry, private event, uh, and she doesn't want to open it to the entire world, she can also do that today on Veil. She can probably do it on other platforms as well. It's all a decision that she'll have to go through uh, when she, uh, you know, when she when she comes up with what, you know, suits her uh, criteria best. But, um, yeah, so if you do have a game and you want to develop it, that capability of sort of like, uh, getting into our endpoints with yours uh, will happen over the next couple couple of months. We're working on it right now. Uh, so just tap tap me, find me on LinkedIn, reach reach out to me with something concrete. Tell me what you're interested in, and and we'll make it work. And later, later it will be automatic. You won't even have to. You'll just go uh, and link uh, through our website, and you'll just upload uh, your your uh, experience through there. And the, it, yeah. That's how, and, and then that's how it'll sink into into our game. Okay, great. And uh, again, I want to uh, acknowledge uh, Dominique for having the vision and foresight and tenacity to put this together. It's really, really important. Thank you for that. Thank you. Uh, okay, next so, one. Oh, oh go, ahead. go ahead. Yeah. Next one will be Jacqueline. Okay. Fantastic. Hi, Jacqueline. Hi, I was curious to know um, if you guys have um, your platforms fairly or seamlessly built into social media so that as people are creating content or, you know, have team events that are happening, if you're able to very quickly share on any of the platforms and if there are platforms, which ones are you um, tied into? So, so as I mentioned earlier, right now, uh, Meta Quest does very simply. So are you talking about just like, because when you're inside Quest, when you're in any game, you can just take and share that uh, with anybody, right? Whether it's a video or audio, I'm sorry, or, or um, whether it's a video or a picture, you can just share it to social media. And um, there, there's two ways of doing it. One is through Messenger. Another one is through their mobile app. Uh, where it just syncs, so you can just, uh, and a third one, which is my favorite for large files, is through SideQuest. So you just basically drag and drop it from your client, from your from your device, right into your PC, and then you can you can edit and share it from there. Does that answer your question, or do you mean something else? Nope. Yeah, I just wanted to double check and make sure that it was it was seamlessly tied in the way that you would normally do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very it, easily share. Because one absolutely. of the things that I've noticed about events that especially in VR events, it's just very hard to market them. Gotcha. And so um, trying to find a, a good way to to make that quick and easy and fast mm -hmm. is something that I just keep tabs on, especially with, yeah. with world builders like you guys are doing. Yeah, yeah. So that I, I see now the fine-tuning of the question. And the answer to that is keep an eye out again. Uh, we'll have something that uh, allows you to basically do what we're doing here, which is record. Uh, on video conferencing so that you can actually just have a much easier way of experiencing what you're experiencing in VR and then sharing it from outside without having to go even through SideQuest. Um, and yeah, for events, 
the, yeah, you're talking about like an easy link and we're, we're working on it. It's more kind of, it, I, we might surprise ourselves. Those are like, I, I told you there's a few things that we're working in the midterm and our goal is to come out with them to market as soon as we can over the next two to three months. But naturally for this world, there's always a lot of kinks and bugs and other things that <laughs> that kind of come and <laughs> attack you right when you're ready to do it. Like I've been meaning to ship this thing. We've been meaning to ship this thing with Dali 2 for the last, I don't know, three weeks. And and there's just a lot of uh, things to, to do here. There's a lot of moving parts in VR. If anybody thinks that building in VR is easy, uh, <laughs> you haven't built in VR. It's probably one of the most, you know, uh, just one of the most difficult, most complex. Um, and then add to that, the AI component, uh, I'd say that's even the easier part of, of, of the mix. The, the, the VR itself, just a lot of moving parts and a lot of things that can go wrong. So it's always nice when people are aware uh, of that because, you know, just little things as we spoke earlier, you know, you can have an event. If during an event, you will suddenly spawn an animated mesh that is massive in size, you'll crash it for everyone. You'll have to know not to do such a thing. Um, and so awareness of the, you know, how the movie parts work are very much necessary here. If you're only a business person, I don't suggest that you, you work in, in, in VR. The best combination here is to have some basic knowledge, just like uh, Gigi has, you know, she's aware of these uh, game engines and she's even overkill for what she needs to work on Villa, but it's really, really good. It's going to come very handy because she's a, an exquisite uh, business person and she's also an exquisite techie in the end, right? She asked very technical questions earlier. That's kind of what it takes today to run a conference in VR. Uh, as much as I'd like to have a cop-out answer and say, oh no, it'll just work because it, it never just will. It, it, you, it, it, like it will under certain circumstances, you have to be aware what the constraints are. In terms of sharing them, you're absolutely right that it could be done in, in a much easier way. Today, as it stands right the second, you do need to come into VR. You need to basically say, hey, we have an event at on you know Friday, 2 p.m. Everybody come into this villa, but people will need to have their headsets, they will need to have uh, access to your org. You will need to have invited them using their email into your organization for that event. And you will need to communicate and tell them you'll need to go to this villa from my villas when you open the menu. Uh, with the push that we're about to make over the next couple of days, you'll have an added benefit where you can have a broadcast, either a private one or a public one. If it's public, it's going to show in public areas on the menu on Villa. And we have a special area for that under, under public access. It's going to be called public broadcast and anybody can join because it's public. You'll still need to either tap us to help you market it, um, but it's e as easy as that. It's just easy. Booting Villa, you don't need to belong to your org. You just go to public access, click it, and you're inside your broadcast. Uh, and then it's on you to create that whole experience, right? To choose your panel, just like Dominic did here, to choose who will be able to speak on that stage and so on. Uh, yeah. Cool. Next one will be me. Um, yeah, because right now, um, you know, X Reality uh, Meetup, uh, I founded back in 2019. And uh, a lot of people during that time, um, it hits COVID, right? So a lot of people ask me like, uh, how can I get into XR Korea mm -hmm. from That's different right. areas such as fine art students, UX mm -hmm. traditional uh, 2D, you know, mobile website, UX designers or, you know, web designers, uh, mm -hmm. developers, right? A lot of people from different areas want to jump in and think, wow, this is 
an awesome place to yeah. start their career and also some college student, right? The traditional um, school, their mm -hmm. original curriculum is not really tailored to the world right, right now. So do you have any advice for a young college yeah. student? Maybe they graduate from, yeah, you know, so the two questions. Yeah. I'll answer the first one. First of all, yeah. for your events, I highly, 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 as, as a thought leader in this domain, mm -hmm. I highly, uh, and as someone who worked at Meta and who knows this inside out, I highly encourage you to consider at least having, uh, like when we do the video conferencing in addition, I'm happy to do it combined. But even before then, even you know over the next few weeks, if you'd like to do another event that's VR focused over Quest, mm -hmm. you know, please tap me again and we'll help you put it together. And just given the show of hands here, you know, we could have done this whole thing in VR, and it would have been yeah. ten times better. Than how this. about how how about right? that? Because I really want to kind of like uh, help the youngster and get yeah. into this area. And right. you know, the more people jump in, the more mm -hmm. money, the more right. human sources, and it yeah. will become bigger faster. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. So that's the second question that you asked. Uh, so like for South Korea, for example, uh, then yes, I, I think that uh, I know several, um, you know, education, um, educational institutions that are very much into this, that are in the, in the innovator bracket. If you have access to those folks around the world, people that are open to this, uh, currently uh, it is in quest for us at least. Uh, it will be also on Pico very soon. Uh, especially in Asia, I think they're a little bit more uh, Pico heavy uh, and, and increasingly so. So uh, be on the lookout. That'll be available in a couple months. Uh, and then uh, PlayStation 2 as well. That, that'll be the next one. Then slightly longer term, hopefully on Apple when they come out with their um, product. They've been delaying it quite a bit. Uh, but their product is quite different uh, altogether. It's a little bit on the kind of like a PC-based uh, product, essentially. So, and it, it's it's got a battery pack, so it's got a cable, it's going to be very expensive. So if you're, again, I don't want to uh, say anything other than this is a miracle because it's so inexpensive, even compared to Pico. I mean, currently, this is cheap. It's just inexpensive. Um, in most international markets, these things are, I think they run with VAT and tax and everything. They'll run 500 bucks instead of $400 in the US. Um, it used to be that these things were 300 bucks. At some point, they were sold for $250. Either way, we're talking about you know, something that is, that is accessible to most demographics, right? They're, they're interested. By the way, think about it. A lot of people are always pausing to say, ah, but it's it's like this expensive. No, it's like a third the cost of your iPhone or Android. It's a third the cost of the iPhone. It's yeah. a, it's, 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 it's a fourth the cost of your Mac. Yeah, well, actually, you know. I have uh, Quest Pro. But uh, after I purchased that, I still go back to use Quest 2. Why? Because... Yeah. Uh, first, it's the battery drain very fast. So I have yeah. to, every time when I use Quest Pro, I need to yeah. recharge it again. Exactly. And the second yeah. is that um, that is so delicate. It's like a jewelry. I'm so afraid because, you know, when I do like Unity yeah. development, sometimes yeah. I just put away and do something and put it on. And sometimes I will crash something just because, yeah. you know, the boundary yeah. thing or something. Right. So that's why I just put it uh, back to the, uh, the case and I yeah. keep using you're always uh, charged. It's, yeah, it's an always charge. And, and I, I agree with you. I, I prefer today Quest 2 uh, for those reasons that you just uh, noted. I also think it's a much better fit. It's easy, easy to put on, easy to take off. Yeah. And, and I want, especially the business people here, I want you to always remind your, your clients, you remind them that when they say, oh, I wish it was on the web, 
remind them that to use the web, they have to have very expensive tools, very expensive tools. And this is nothing. This uses the web with a fraction of that. And it's easier because it's it's a no thought process. You just put it on and go in. Uh, I love it. I love it. And, and remind them also, uh, you know, be, be friendly. You know to them that, hey, you know, as an enterprise, you can use, you can give this to your employees and then you can do, you know, work, but then also fun, right? Or you can do a, a stand-up and, and then do an exercise or meditation. By the way, on Villa, you can you can have guided experiences. So some of you here that are, that are wearing the business hat, it's it's on you to to think what is content that you want to deliver here. Is it jujitsu? Is it meditation? Uh, is it got like guided? Uh, is it uh, is it is it having a guest? You can do all those things today. You can do it on Villa. You can do it on other platforms. But you can do it. And and so uh, there was a question here about the events. And I think that that's why we're so excited about this shipping, this broadcasting ability, because previously it was really just kind of contained to only like, as I mentioned, up to hundred people per villa, which is not a lot. Uh, but now that we can open this up, it opens a lot of room for opportunity. And one final thing in that, um, do let enterprises know there's a lot of enterprises that say, oh, but you know, you know, we, 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 don't, we don't want to use Facebook or Meta for that matter for our you know consumer we want the enterprise but we also don't want to pay for the enterprise which is 800 bucks for the same exact thing it's 800 bucks we don't want to go that route just do let them know look uh, as long as you're cool with doing a stand-up or a um or a uh or or or, or a happy hour because that's where things are at right now that's that's where it's at i'm sorry for for large teams that's where things are at um then you're good with a consumer device. Let me remind you, a lot of companies, we're using our own iPhones in companies. We don't have a separate, some companies do, but most people use their own smartphone, right? That's also a consumer device. So just remind them. And, and by the way, we're not on Meta. We have our own servers that run on AWS from a, from a, from a uh, safety, we, we don't do ads whatsoever. We don't collect any person, you know, us as a company. Now, do they do things? Perhaps, and I, I don't think that much yet. There's not even any advertising on the, on the platform just yet. It might be in the future, but even then, we as a company, we, we don't, we're not seeking that. Not not this point in time. We're not thinking those directions. We're the, we're the anti. We're the subscription model, right? We're we're excited to not uh, have to take any personal data here. Some people are afraid, you know, with the eye tracking everything. Again, we don't track anything. We let you do it. We don't track anything about you. Um, and uh, we're not going to use it against you. And what happens inside our app, as far as we know, as long as you don't give the permission to share that, because uh, it's your choice, uh, with, with uh, right, remember that when you boot a device like Quest Pro, it will ask you, would you like to share with Meta? You don't have to if you don't want to. And then as far as I know, you're not being tracked not on our platform for sure. And again, it's on different servers. How would they be able to know all these things? Um, if they did, uh, it's not it's not in our control. Same with Pico and other devices that are coming to the market. As far as I know, uh, it is within our control. And we're very, very big on two things. On privacy, we will never collect the, these things to sell to third parties. It's just not the way we do stuff. Uh, it's not the way we operate. And I think that's the promise here also with us, us small players that you're sort of investing in when you work with us is that we, we're a new breed. We, we're looking at that world that uh, in the ashes of it, and it's blowing up uh, right now in a negative way. And we're trying to think what's a better way of doing this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and do you have any advice for college students who want to break into XR uh, industry? Question. Yeah. So, and so, uh, any so, yeah, so great question. So 
depending on if they want to do this on a business level, they can just jump right in, right? And if they want to do this or, or from a product perspective, they can, they can also jump, jump right in. If they want to do this from an engineering perspective, they're going to have to pick an engine that they love. Uh, we're big fans of Unreal, but there's a lot of, um, you know, backing for Unity as well. Uh, Unity, what do you think about the difference, difference? between uh, Unreal and... Uh, Again, and you're going to hear different results from different... If people are working in Unity, they're going to be trumping Unity, right? Um, but traditionally, and we see it, uh, there's a lot more sort of photorealism happening in Unreal. It's like hands down, uh, and that's why we chose it. Remember, our original background was from PropTech. And we, by the way, we have PropTech. If you're a realtor, you can use it today to show your virtual home. We're not going to do that for you. You're going to have to want to do it. You're going to have to believe. You're going to have to, if you're a realtor today, you're going to have to A, have your Zillow home uh, in 360, which is already a tall order. Only 1% of people have their 360 homes. But if you do have a 360 home, you can bring it in. By the way, it doesn't have to be a realtor. You can also do this because uh, if you're a business person, uh, like there are some people in the crowd here, you can actually encourage your uh, enterprise customers to to Matterport, to scan on Matterport and upload it. Uh, and then uh, we can we can sync into that. We can, you know, we can um, API into that. Um, then, Metaport is 360 Matter, V. Matterport, yeah, M-A-T-T-E-R-P-O-R-T. It's 360 videos, right? It's, it's not essentially a... Google, not videos, Google Street View, essentially. Think about Google Street View so you can hop around mm. and in, inside any real estate. And it's very powerful if you, of course, if you're a realtor, because you can actually take today your clients in VR on Villa and you can do an open home from wherever they are in the world, right? But I think an even more interesting uh, concept here is now that everybody's remotely connecting, I mean, look, look at my wallpaper here on Zoom, right? <laughs> you can see my brand and everything, but come on, it's not immersive, right? If you wanted to, this to be immersive, bring people to their headquarters. You know, it's on you from a business. So you're saying, what message? Now, I notice that I'm not focusing right now on the engineering side. Of course, if an engineer student wants to become a great 3D modeler, designer, um, you know, Unity or Unreal developer, right? Um, C++ is, is Unreal or C Sharp is Unity. If you want to, you know, if you want, depending if you want to be a front end or a back end, you have the whole gamut here. It's probably not the question that is the most pressing here. I think the more pressing question, same as AI, you can go study libraries, but you can also just leverage AI, right? You don't have to study these libraries. You don't have to go in there and know all the Lambda functions and, and, and other libraries and how to do them in Python. And, and you don't have to, you could, but you don't have to, to be an engineer in this area. You can also just think, how do we take this and productize it? Which is, I think, a much harder question today. We all know how much uh, is hype versus how much is actually useful. 3D art is one example. So it's up to you as, an, as, a, as a student. When you think what's beautiful about a student is, you know, they've got all their options in front of them. What are they going to do for the next 10 years, for the next 20 years? As you choose to do that, I think that a lot of um, brain power needs to go, a lot of thought needs to go into experimenting with a product market fit orientation. What? So you, you suggest students yeah. to learn how to create a product that everyone wants, more like yeah. a, the thought yeah. thinking process. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. uh, since all the technologies is conversion right now, right? So for mm -hmm. example, XR, 
um, it's more like, for example, business art design experience and the business uh, and uh, uh, um, you know engineer, right? All those stuff is like a mingling, right? Before we only study one course and we can, for example, uh, lawyer, right? We study law and we become yeah. lawyer, right? right? But now it seems like you know uh, we just chat before you know AI might become a lawyer later. So the converge complicated com complicated uh, knowledge uh, how to become you know before we are looking for uh, the old societies looking for t types of person you yeah. are very good at everything but you are good at one thing right and yeah. you can you know uh, uh, feed your entire life right but right. right now it seems like the world changed so fast yeah. so for example if somebody graduate from one certain knowledge it might not be adaptable for this entire world. So for example, if somebody graduated from, let's say, um, I don't know, accounting school, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then got a degree and then this world just keep changing. And do you have any advice that like getting into XR area or general advice yeah, that yeah. how can a person yeah. keep uh, yeah. adapt adapting this world? Yeah. Look, there's no, there's no, there's no doubt right now. If, if you stop to think about it for a moment, and you get off some of these journalists out there. I, I just, I stopped reading, you know, you know, brand name um, journalism because a lot of this is clickbait. A lot of this is driven. Now it's it's changing a lot into subscriptions, and that's really interesting. And you need to pick very carefully which one you want to potentially buy. But don't be jumping into clickbait like the metaverse is flat i'm not gonna even say the name of the journalist that said that i was so appalled to see that the, met the metaverse is not flat i'm so sorry um mrs journalist who wrote a metaverse is flat title un un unprofessional unprofessional i read her entire uh uh you know 10 page article it's that kind of stuff that makes it that makes you confused because the metaverse is absolutely not flat it's only in the beginning and it's going to get really, really exciting. Zuck has it right. The execution of it is a whole different kind of worms we're not going to get into. But the metaverse is not flat. It's growing at really big pace, and it's becoming an amazing, uh, you know, an amazing, an amazing experience. So you're asking, what can students do in this? Well, they can debunk that the metaverse is flat by bringing this into their classroom. They have influence. They're driving this whole thing. They're, they're paying oftentimes, or whether, whether it's state-sponsored or whether it's a private university, they're the customer. They go to their professor and they say, hey, I want to experience this, or I want to have a course in XR if they don't have it yet. And I want to do it in XR, just like you. You know, like I encourage, by the way, you as well. Uh, you're kind of like the professor here because you're organizing the entire event. You, you, you need to think in terms of, should we actually do this in VR? Is this acceptable? Can we do maybe both? Oh, the I'm reason happy, why I'm, I, I'm happy I to, yeah, to I mean, that. yeah, I mean, uh, the reason why long time ago I yeah. was trying a lot of um, uh, all space um, right. uh, events yeah. um, at the beginning of the whole scene because this is XR. There's no point of you using yeah. Zoom, right? right. But uh, the thing about it is that I am just one person, and yeah. uh, in VR, in all space, I need to create another 2D account as a robot to record the entire event, yeah. and I couldn't. You know, I only as one person and I need to yeah. moderate in VR and I need yeah. to record in 2D uh, yeah. my desktop. So I couldn't even do this. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and you're right. And and, and with us, it's even going to be more basic. You'll just have to tap uh, me in advance 
and I'll bring a camera person to do that. It also answers another, I think Tracy asked earlier. So we can record this uh, for you uh, mm -hmm. because you do want to, soccer is not there yet for mm -hmm. as good as you want it to be where you can go. Yeah, and I mean, turn. maybe we can schedule another meeting and we will jump Happy into to. your- Happy um, to. Yeah. This is for yeah. me a work of love. I really believe in this. I, I think we're 3D beings and I want to give a message here for all of you because you're sending this message as well because you, you're all believing in this. But let's not forget, we're 3D beings that forced yeah. ourselves through evolution to work on 2D yeah. uh, uh, screens. Yeah. And now we're sort of like undoing, getting a divorce from 2D <laughs> gradually. But yeah. we're going back to our roots, right? Where, 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 where we learn a lot faster, where it's a lot more thrilling. So focus as, as creation. You know, every, every person here right now has the tools to quickly, like in a matter of 10 minutes, if you wanted to create a thrilling environment, that's the beauty of it. You can do it today on our platform for sure. And other platforms uh, as well, I believe. So, so, uh, or I know uh, it, it really depends on how much creativity you want to put into it, how innovative you are. And, 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 and maybe a, a, a positive message here. Remember, Everybody always said, oh, you know, Uber is going to kill taxi drivers. And then now, you know, people are not even riding Uber as much. So that's getting, you know, but that's what evolution is. You know, uh, the same people, the same people that yesterday perhaps were spending their time as Uber drivers tomorrow might be people that um, leverage AI, for example, to do experiences that are digital. So that's why I don't, I'm one of those open market people that doesn't believe that this is replacing us. Not, not just yet, and even when it does, there'll be other um, benefits to it. And I'm not, for one second, um, dismissing the negative side of AI, but maybe just to wrap this whole thing up, a, a positive message to also the younger generations. I think these are amazing, you know, times in front of us here. I think this is, you, you always have to pause and think about all the great, uh, and, and as I've been reading recently, there's no going back. <laughs> the genie's out of the box with this you can't there's, there's some people are going oh you know we're going to a very murky black mirror future or not we're, we're i mean maybe we are but but currently for the next 10 20 years i'm seeing i'm seeing a lot more positive than negative coming out of this uh yeah and what i'm thinking is that um since you are so passionate about mm -hmm. um you know uh, this uh villa this world mm -hmm. uh and uh Extrality academy we have course like uh, teaching people like uh, how to do ar vr mr i am uh recently preparing ar course and creating mm -hmm. a uh, mobile ar app but i think it might be more thrilling if maybe you know you can create a small course it's like a so for marketing promotion and then um, teach Possibly. like a, a youngster. I'm, just, I'm so busy to, right now. I'm, yeah. I'm just not sure. I'm more than happy to be a guest in one of your sessions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy. Maybe workshop. But, 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 How but about by the workshop? way, the people, the people, people here in this uh, crowd, there are people here who are perhaps even better than me for leading such a thing. You know, so, so that's what I'm saying. You know, we're, we're focused right now on building a platform, uh, but the use cases on top of the platform are um, best experimented with. Look, I'll, I'll be very straight about this, forward about this. The, the 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 innovation has to come the creative innovation and that's where the opportunity in my view is is how do you create experiences that people love we're giving you the basics here you can work with it what you do on top is up to you right and it's the same for you with your agenda of what you give in your courses uh it's the same for you know uh Gigi you know or uh, 
Jim or Jacqueline or uh, Tracy, anybody here that has spoken and we see that you're grappling with what to do that people love, experiment. Because you never know what people actually would love. You never do. It's impossible for me to dictate. That's why if, if you ever host me, I will never say do this because there isn't a do this. There is what works for you and your demographic that you're working with. And it has to come through experimentation. We did that. Remember that I told you about that big event that we did with uh, with executives around the world. I think it was a success, but they're the ones who designed it. We, we told them what's available. They're the ones who designed it. They came up with a, the innovative solution of doing you know, like an hour in Zoom, an hour in Villa, and an hour in Zoom again. It was their decision to do it that way. It was very well thought out. Came from them, and it was a success. It was a raging success. I encourage you all to think in terms of, you know, understanding the platforms you're working with, understanding what the limitations are, understanding your demographics, and constantly asking what truly gives value to the end user. That's what you need to do. And that's what the message is for the students as well. It's it's and, and and not not a how can I cram Word and PowerPoint and everything into VR? That's not the, the right answer. That's in my world, just BS. Just do it where it belongs in Zoom currently. Much easier. Boom, 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 you're set. <laughs> Much easier. What what if it, if it if it works, <laughs> why break it? Right? It's already working on it fantastic. But some things like immersive experiences, real. We have this thing with fireworks. Wow, it's just a dopamine rush that's all it is it might last for five ten seconds in Philly there's a button there you can put a put a you know or the trails right when you fly behind you what a, what a rush to see all those things you know like we have the, the trail doesn't just go away it kind of stays for a few seconds those little things they mean a lot to people for example go figure go figure that's going to be the one uh that people love so I encourage you to, to experiment a lot with what today in 2023 matters in VR, which is thrill, immersion, and fast experiences. Boom, you go in, experience it. It doesn't have to be, remember what I told you that the hardcore players are on average 30 minutes? It doesn't have to be two hours. And by the way, I, I call bullshit. <laughs> Sorry for the French. I call bullshit and say it's because it's not comfortable. No, not at all. One thing, when you're engaged, this becomes air. Yeah, there's some people that lose the battery. But, you know, tell everybody, always be plugging this in before a session. Always be plugging it in because you will run out unless you have like an hour built in of, of energy. Or if you run out, have a standby and put your cable in so that you're in VR with a cable into your PC or Mac. Okay. But, um, but, but it's not because this is uncomfortable that people are not in there for a lot of time. It's because this is a very productive tool. I can do stuff here. I can have experiences that would take me in the real world hours to go to the beach, to meet with people. Here I can do it in 10 minutes. I go, boom, I experience it. I, I have a thrill and then and then also cut it out and get out. Do it quickly. That's what this is good for in 2023, right? So build up from that. When you do experiences, don't do very long experiences. Like we're going over time here as well. So who am I to speak? But what I'm saying is let let the, engage, let the engaging parameters of uh, of immersion work in your favor, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, thank you so much. And right. next one will be Gene. Uh, yes, I come from the world of stereoscopic 3D. So what you see behind me is actually a stereoscopic 3D image. Mm -hmm. And... Um, in fact, I'll lower the the hand in case anyone's able to. Can, can you? I mean, everything is stereoscopic, right? That's what VR. No, is. no, no, no. So what do you mean? Uh, we view the world in stereoscopic 3D because we have two eyes, yeah. and each eye via parallax sees a set slightly different view of the world. Mm 
So a lot of the things that you see in VR headsets in terms of the programming is not stereoscopic. You're seeing, they're using 3D models to generate it, but you're seeing the same view in each eye. But now, is that what, okay, yeah, explain the distinction then. The distinction is you, for stereoscopic 3D, you have a different view in each eye. And the Quest headsets are perfectly capable of displaying that, but most of the content is not stereoscopic. So reportedly, Apple is going to be very focused on stereoscopic 3D with their headset. In fact, they're hiring a bunch of people right now to generate stereoscopic 3D content for their headset. So um, what I'm wondering is when the Apple headset comes out, are you going to support stereoscopic 3D with your system? I guess this is uh, above my paycheck right now <laughs> to answer that because I, the, I always thought that you're getting, can you give it a distinction like on Quest today, what, what would be the difference between the two? Like what's something that's not- well, Quest right now, you see the same view in each eye. Mm -hmm. uh, and what's an example of something? the content is set up that way, mm -hmm. but you can view things in stere stereoscopic 3D mm -hmm. with Quest. In fact, I belong to various 3D clubs, mm -hmm. and yes. some of the clubs have a little world where you can go in with Quest and look at their content, their stereoscopic 3D content mm -hmm. with Quest. Mm -hmm. and, and what, what is the difference? It's, it's got slightly different depth to it when it's in stereoscopic, as you mentioned it? What it is, is when you're sitting there in mm -hmm. your chair, in your office, you see everything, you perceive depth directly through your eyes. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and it's it's done by parallax, by the fact that your two eyes are in two separate locations. Yeah. yeah, we all know that we can just blink and then we can see things from a different angle. Yeah, if you close because... one eye, you lose a lot of depth perception. Right, right. And that's what I thought the stereoscopic meant, but you're saying there's a different level to it. And what well, is stereoscopic it? Uh, means that you have the full experience through the two different eyes, and each eye is seeing its own view of the world. Mm -hmm. And but so you're even with a still image, you're directly perceiving depth. That's the mm -hmm. way our eyes work. Yeah. Uh, and um, that's why uh, predators, for example, mm -hmm. uh, have two frontward facing eyes mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. that they can perceive that depth directly. Yeah. It allows them to no, but isn't that stereoscopic? So I still, I'm still not sure. I understand. What are the stereoscopic models that you're referring to right now? And how do you, how do you differentiate? Because I'd like to try. Differentiation it. is that each eye sees a different view it, of the world. And so, just by the mere fact that the eye is separate, right? It's already seeing yeah. slightly different view. Isn't that the yes, whole concept? Exactly. Are you saying something beyond that, though? No, that's that's what stereoscopic 3D is. But with a lot of the Quest content, you're going to see the same image in the right eye and the left eye. That's not stereoscopic. But with the Apple headset, they're very much going to be, according to reports, they're very much going to be focused on stereoscopy. So a different view in the left eye and the right eye. So the worlds that you're creating are, are based on 3D models. Now you can, for example, if you're in, I assume it's very similar in Unreal, but if you're in um, Unity, there is an option, a little checkbox that you mm -hmm. check off if you want to export it in, in, in stereoscopic 3D. Mm -hmm. So uh, Apple reportedly is going to be very focused on stereoscopic 3D. 
So when you look today at a model between the two. Does, does one look a lot more natural than the other? Yes, the, yes. The stereoscopic 3D looks very much more real. And I'm sorry, have I like I'm 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 imagining everything we do is stereoscopic, but you're saying that there are some things. Oh yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. I, I I'm I'm recalling now that the stereoscopic uh, can can be a lot more acute. Can also be yeah, very so, costly. So when you yeah, when you encounter very, the Apple yeah. headset, yeah. all of a sudden you're going to be facing this, and I guess right. you. Really yeah, yeah, some of our UI is already in stereoscopic, but there's a cost in. I'm remembering now, so I see what you're saying. Uh, you're, it, it, it's, I think high level everything is stereoscopic by mere fact that it's in two different eyes and you're getting two different views. Two different already. views in, yeah. the, in the two yeah. eyes. That's but, the. That's but but um but yeah there is a higher gpu and and i wouldn't be surprised if everything is applied yes. this way on, yes the, um, the differences aren't necessarily that large in fact mm -hmm. with compression algorithms yeah. you you can you might base the right eye right. on changes to the left eye for example yeah yeah, so yeah. It's from a compression standpoint but anyways um so this is new to you, I guess. No, no, it's not. Like I said, we're, we're using it. I see what you're saying. It's, a, it's the check box uh, that we do use on some things. It just costs a lot from the GPU, um, from the from the. It, it may system. not cost a lot more because, for example. Um, it costs a lot. It's, it's like 10x. We, we, oh, we no, do no, happen. Not at all. We, we do but, happen to apply it um, on certain things inside our app for the UI. Yeah. Um, and it does look, the resolution is far crisper for that, Yeah. but there's a very big cost. Uh, now, so it's let me only... put it this way. Mm -hmm. uh, NVIDIA used to sell as a feature in their video cards mm -hmm. um, where you would play a normal game, a normal mm -hmm. computer game, mm -hmm. and on the fly, their video card would, would convert it to 3D. <laughs> Because it's all based on 3D model rendering, yeah, yeah. so it's actually trivial mm -hmm. to uh, create that in 3D. Yeah, because they've already got the the model, yeah. mm -hmm. and so um, that was available. Uh, and apparently, Apple is going to be using that type. Yeah, of because they've got the M2 chip, and they can afford to do a lot more compute in their systems than yeah, in, in reality to render the image based on a slightly different angle is not that big of a deal to create the two views. I'm so, telling you that we've tested this multiple times and there's like a 10x deterioration in the FPS. Well, uh, if you it, if you apply it to, to everything. So, so the only difference is that it becomes a lot crisper for UI, the, the, the way we're using it. But I can see how you'd apply that check uh, inside those game engines for everything um, if there wasn't uh, if it wasn't a compute concern, these devices are compute constrained. They're flimsy. They're flimsy. The X2 uh, by by uh, Qualcomm is not that capable. Uh, in the end, well, you're, you're having a glorified Android sit right here on your on your eyes. Uh, and, and and we're talking I, about the X2 chips. I think uh, I'm sorry, see, the M2 chips. With uh, I think Apple. when you see the Apple headset, you're going to find that it's not as computationally expensive as you think. For example, I can throw a 3D image in front of you, and have apply that to the headset and there's no additional cost at all. In fact, the, the image behind me is exactly one of those types of images. And, you know, obviously over Zoom, you're not paying any extra cost at all yeah, yeah. to see that image. Right. right. And so um, 
So anyways, I don't think it's nearly as big of a deal as you think it is, but but you're going to run no, in. I'm telling you right now, it's a huge deal. And, and if it's what I think it is uh, that you're referring to, which is a certain checkbox uh, that allows you to do that, it just, um, there's a huge cost to the system for Quest. Well, let uh, me, let we, me. we measure everything with, um, with um, uh, what is it called? Uh, I forgot. There's, there's a software that sits, it, it overlays and shows you all the metrics and the, the FPS goes drastically down on stereoscoping. You can, can pre-compute all the 3D stuff so that you can send it out directly. But uh, in fact, in our club meetings for like the LA 3D club mm -hmm. and other clubs that are online, yeah. uh, they show videos all the time. And uh, they just send out a stream, just mm -hmm. like the stream that you're seeing right now. And um, it just has a separate left eye and right eye in the stream. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, and, and it's effortless to view that. There's no extra. Jim, I'd love, I'd love if you could tap me, and I'd love to maybe do a, you know, uh, bring you into one of our internal conversations about this, because maybe, maybe there is a way to sort of like do it through a different route than just checking it inside the, the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, like you said, maybe you build it into the model. I, I'm, I'm not familiar with it. I don't have as much. All I know is that for the UI, as I mentioned earlier, there's a huge hit to the. Um, and so what happens is some things if you need them like written things and you need them to be very crisp, if you don't do it stereoscopic, then it'll be a little blurry. Once yeah, you hit I think that mark. what Apple's trying to do right now is they're trying to bring this content into their system. And yeah. so they're looking for stereo content. Yeah. And so, you know, I shoot nothing but stereo content. Basically, yeah. Yeah. I was going to shoot uh, a time-lapse of lightning the other day and I set it up to shoot in stereo. Right. So um, once you've got the content, mm -hmm. all it's just another stream. And um, so it doesn't have to be very big, big of a deal at all computationally. I hope so. I mean, I hope there's other tricks and hacks of doing it rather than, you know, just check inside the game engine. Um, so maybe there are other ways of doing the, it. The 3D community, the stereoscopic 3D communi community is sort of mystified by why people aren't using it so much with Quest. Interesting. Uh, and, and so... Um, it's coming. It's about to hit you. <laughs> <laughs> no, please, please reach out because I'm looking for um, what might be some ways. Remember, a lot of the models that we use are third-party, you know, user-generated content, right? You search for Tesla yeah. and you'll get something that somebody else created. So, um, so, and then we render it in real time over. So you're talking about the rendering portion because that's the only thing we have control over in that case. There's other things that we do build uh, in our platform and that sounds like we can do right away. At uh, Matterport, for example, mm -hmm. they their cameras capture everything in stereoscopic 3D. You may not know it, but a, I, I've gone to, to uh, real estate stuff, for example, that was captured by Matterport and there was the option to view it in 3D. Uh, most people probably don't, but there was that option there. Cool. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you for bringing this up. Let's definitely connect offline and we'll see what we can do and also how we can help, especially since you're, you know, shooting a lot of content in that. I'd be interested to see what are some uh, immediate applications we can, you know, take advantage of here. Uh -huh. As long as it doesn't uh, bring down, remember, FPS is the single contributor to, to nausea. The lower the FPS, the, the worse it gets. Um, Quest specifically has a few hacks for how to get even more out of the system. They're constantly adding. They just came out with a uh, with an upgrade that gives you seven percent more GPU or something. Um, so it's interesting, but you have to tread very carefully in these worlds because any little thing that you do works against you. 
And the moment you go from, let's say, below 60 FPS, doesn't feel good to most mm -hmm. users. <laughs> and 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 we've played a lot uh, with the check that you're referring to inside the game engine. And it goes down from, let's say, 100 FPS down to 30 FPS very rapidly. Mm -hmm. um, for, and that's why we're only doing this on very specific UI. Yep, go ahead. Now that's it. That's what I wanted to say. Oh, I, I was curious about one other thing, and that is with the Quest Pro mm -hmm. in your environment, do you get a does the user get a significantly better experience if they're using the Quest Pro versus the Quest Two? No, or is it the same? No, it's the same. The, the difference is only noticeable from an end user perspective. Uh, noticeable experiences are, uh, you know, experiences are are the facial. Uh, automatic facial recognition. If in the past on Quest 2, we do have that. <laughs> we give you, you have different buttons. Nobody uses them. I rarely use them that allow you to do a forced laugh, a forced uh, frown, forced different expressions, right? Now that we can do this because there's, you know, inward facing sensors on Pro, uh, you're able to just be yourself and it or pretty just, much captures. Just the facial expression. Just, no, the facial and the, and the eye the, the eye tracking. So you can see the eye, eye because yeah, they've yeah. got uh, Toby from, uh, yeah, they've got Toby in, uh, in there. And so you have eye tracking. I believe it's Toby, yeah. Um, and um, does that add uh, enough value to justify $1,500? Again, it all depends. As a consumer, hands down, no. As a business, I don't know. I, yeah. I don't want to try. I'm trying to be as transparent as I can. I think that the price point is problematic. I, I saw a review of it, and one woman was complaining that in meetings, her eyes always look half closed because it couldn't properly perceive her eyes being open or not. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what the situation there is. Um, it, 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 it gets a little funny. Again, we all need to be very sort of like, we can't be too, our expectations need to always start low. And let let ourselves be you know uh, be happy. I I I I enjoy the fact that I can be seen and express myself. But again, the value is not there in my view, in my personal view. I'm not representing any other thing here, uh, other than in my view, the value is not there to justify an extra you know thousand dollars over Quest. Uh, yeah. But do I expect that Quest Three would have all those technologies implemented at, at a really good price point? Hands down, yes, I do. I do have very high expectations for them to come out with all those great things that they've got in Quest Pro inside a Quest 3 and that it'll come to the market soon and we'll give people all the benefits. Now, I don't know how they're going to cram it. They're going to have to do a lot of subsidies because those sensors, I'd imagine, are expensive in their own right. But they've been able to produce magic in the past and I'm sure they will in the future. At any rate, that's where the industry is going, right? Uh, the whole industry is going in that direction. So uh, increasingly, you'll see more and more of that. Um, and what, like, think about it for a second. What it does is it gives you a little bit more of a natural experience inside VR instead of having that dull, you know, I mean, nobody got more flack than, than Zuckerberg for his, uh, you know, meme there with, with the Eiffel Tower. So I'm sure that they're doing everything they can to get more than just that cold, you know, expression that Quest 2 produces. Bye. By the way, I should mention with regards to the stereoscopic stuff, if you go see the new Avatar movie, yeah, it's um, at 4K, it's projected at 4K, 48 frames per second, stereoscopic 3D. Right, right. But again, so, you're... you're you'll see stereoscopic there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But what I'm, the only thing that's running behind, but when you mentioned it earlier, is applications that are that you're watching in 2D that have been shot in stereoscopic, right, is what you're referring to well, versus... You, 
No, what, what you're seeing a lot with Quest is 3D models that are just being rendered the same in each eye. Mm -hmm. And with stereoscopy, you... You shot it from different angles for actually shooting it. But, but yeah, and when I shoot it, you know? I shoot from different angles. So right. it's the same with probably a lot of uh, the new Avatar movie was shot natively, meaning mm -hmm. they shot using a camera that had two lenses, yeah, yeah. Two image sensors and so forth. I wonder if this is more relevant though to video scene, whether inside VR or not inside VR. It certainly would be relevant to that, yes. And UI, right? Because you take it from both angles. Yeah, no, it's it's very interesting. I definitely want to dig into this uh, a little deeper. Um, and uh, let's take this offline. Sounds like you're very knowledgeable about a bunch of things here. So we'd love to you know, expand this and see how we can help each other technically uh, evolve because these are all really interesting questions that you bring up. All right. Good yeah. deal. <laughs> cool. Uh, next one, I think, Gigi, do you have questions or, yeah? Well, yeah, I was, I was going to sort of come back to the AI portion of this and, and um, I tend to look at a lot of things that have happened in VR our, our efforts and sometimes de-skilling the creation experience so that the average person can create. And I was sort of thinking about that if more folks will have AI and their building systems, um, what's gonna happen? Is this gonna bring more people into the system or make it so that the expectations of people are gonna be higher in custom experiences? Or will this bring in a whole layer of people who really rocket AI to then be delivering for large organizations when we still have people who don't know how to turn their mics on for Zoom, right? So, so you know, needing a layer of professional delivery to deliver now this AI embedded product. Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. Um, trying to think for other patterns that we've had in the past. I, I tend to think that it's more the earlier of the two examples you gave, less than 1% of people that know how to drive AI in the top. I think that more and more, it's going to be just embedded in every single thing we touch everywhere. Uh, it's just going to be something that just leverages our capability. By the way, from a compute perspective, maybe quantum computers are going to even make things a lot faster and then it'll just be amazing in five years or 10 years where people didn't expect it to be that good. I think... OpenAI, all of us had that moment going, whoa, we all expected that in 2018, suddenly we got in 2023, but it's amazing. And it's doing a lot more than we expected. Like, why is it hitting the news suddenly? It's because I think the, the level of jump that they've made uh, from three to 3.5 for GPT, uh, and, and you know, everybody's expecting that the next evolution of this is, is, is just leaps better. I think it's gonna affect everybody. And I think that everybody already sees it. I think all of us kind of have learned just by using Google, for example, what sort of systems tend to do with stuff. Dictation is another, Google Translate, for example, right? We learn what the, if you're into linguistics, you see right away, you see all the flaws in the system and you see all the benefits in the system, right? And you well, learn I'm an, I'm an Otter A guy girl. I've been an Otter A guy, I girl professionally for actually a few years now and having that always translating behind me and that's gotten so much better too. Yeah, I think people, it's, a, it's part of the lingua franca as what people ex expect. Exactly, and, and you don't have to know anything about, you know, uh, all the libraries of AI that are underlying this, like you don't, you really don't. I, I happen to have dug into this. I happen to have gone into like Python and 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 learned how to you know execute from a engineering perspective these different libraries and make them work. Uh, you don't have to though. You can just get. Uh, I, I just read uh, on the information they published something about this kiddo from Princeton who is trying to detect right away if text was written by 
uh, ChatGPT or not. And they're looking, I was reading this really interesting, uh, check out that article, but it's talking about how his system is looking for like, like humans have spurts of creativity and you don't see that in a chat GPT. This is like humans have like literally in text that a human wrote, there's spurts of maximum creativity lasts very short and then it's just dull. Uh, and then there's another spurt of creativity. And that's how I interpreted it at least. Uh, and so he's looking for that, for those patterns and looking to find them. I think, especially somebody like you, who's you know aware of the different evolution over time, you're seeing probably exactly where in linguistics, where the you know sort of like where it goes wrong right like when you can try to translate it's like whoa that was a very poor translation but i can see how they're maybe putting a weight i mean all it is is like statistically putting weights on different words uh that are sometimes completely not meaningful um in translation um yeah so, so i think to answer your question i think that it is uh more optimistic it's it's more like the masses are going to immediately we, we, are, we as humans we adapt very quickly to new technology it's amazing how you know, when it works, people just go from innovator to the mass, to the to the majority, right? I think this one is an exa example. I mean, God, there's like 2 million developers right now over just chat GPT, like overnight, boom. And you're seeing crazy uh, manifestations of this. Uh, and so the next layer is gonna be also the content. Like we're, when you're interacting, for example, with, um, with an avatar, um, is it actually useful or is it just BS, right? Like, is it, I mean, we can do it already. I, we can, you can ask Siri questions. Do you do that? I don't. It's Monmouth University has a phenomenal thing in Second Life where you can sit and chat in advanced Mandarin. Um, and it's oh, part of their nice. advanced Mandarin course. And so you yeah. just sit and talk with an avatar that that is, uh, yeah, no, there's cool stuff out there. They've been doing that there's, for years. There's already, cool stuff. So. But, but the question is, is it like for, for learning uh, Mandarin, is it more uh, engaging to just listen to a Mandarin podcast and just try or, or even a, or even a, um, a video on YouTube that has translation in English right below it, dubbed perhaps. Maybe that's a better way to learn than just to listen to a a bot. Or 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 if you, if your intention is to learn, for example, or if your intention is just to get a translation, then what you said sounds much better. Actually, even that you walk up to a, a a a character that's a bot on a street corner and you actually transact buying from them and and um, okay. and yeah. everything so else. But I, I can talk about that forever. Yeah. So. No, no. This I think I think all these things are just fascinating. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much. It was uh, a lively discussion. I really enjoyed it today. And please, all of you, please reach out to me. Uh, as I mentioned, I'm very easy to find. Ofer Baharab on LinkedIn. I'm very um, available. Uh, I get excited by this just like you. And and I'd love to evolve this conversation uh, in any way you feel is going to be contributed. Yeah, sure. Maybe we can schedule another one. And uh, yeah, in VR. Yeah, in 100%. VR. It's a yeah. done deal. Just let us know when. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I will send you like the available slot and we can have like a part two and it will be Fantastic. in Zila. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. Thank you. Have a great weekend, everyone. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you.